Alright, so for the last few weeks we've been uh, talking about courage. And uh, this is a huge theme in scripture. Uh, the Bible says that those of us who have God in us, who have the Holy Spirit in us, that God didn't give us a timid spirit. He gave us a spirit of power, of love, and of self-control. We've talked about how from the very beginning of this book, uh, God's followers, God's people, God's believers, those who are, who are believers in God, believers in Jesus Christ, they've always been marked by courage. And, uh, and that's something that God gives them is this assurance. That's what the Holy Spirit gives us, the spirit of power of, you know what, my God is going to come through. He's going to be okay. This book is filled with people who believed that God would come through. They were courageous. And then it's also filled with people who didn't believe. People who maybe were in amidst the crowd of believers, you know, and hung out with everyone else, but they weren't the true believers. You know, like you got Joshua and Caleb, but you had all of Israel who did not believe in the power of God, and they wander around in the desert. We talked about that. We talked about how in Revelation, Revelation 21, it talks about how in Revelation 21, verse 7, it says, the one who conquers will have this heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. It talks about the one who conquers, and all through the Revelation, it's talking about those who even follow God through the most difficult times. It talks about those who were courageous enough in a time when everyone was taking this mark, and you could only take the, you know, if you took the mark, that meant you had the freedom to eat and buy and sell, but if you did not take the mark, then it, it meant you didn't have privileges to any of that, and many of these people lost everything, and yet God says, you know what, those people are the courageous, those are the ones who are going to be with me, those who conquer, who make it through this difficult time yes everyone in the world is going this one direction but then there's my followers who they don't back down and the ones who conquer me and conquer with me he says you know what those are the ones that i'm going to call my children and they're going to be with me forever but then in verse 8 he goes but as for the cowardly but those who are cowardly those who are faithless those detestable people the murderers, the sexually immoral, the sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. In other words, there are no cowards in heaven. Now, it's true that uh, there are times not everyone is perfectly courageous at all times, but at the same time, that is something that marks a follower of Jesus Christ. That's, it's the Holy Spirit that seals us. <laughs> it's the Holy Spirit that marks us. And at the same time, those who have the Holy Spirit of God will be marked by the fruit of the Spirit. And it's a spirit of, he is a spirit of power, of love, and self-control. Jesus himself said, if you deny me here on earth, I'll deny you before my Father in heaven. But those of you guys who speak up for me, I'm going to speak up for you in heaven one day. That means if I spend my life saying and speaking and confessing Jesus Christ, it's an amazing thought. But one day, if I'm down on this earth going, hey, this is who Jesus is, one day I'm going to die, I'm going to stand before God, and Jesus is going to say, Father, this is who Francis Chan is. And I go, okay, that's going to be a pretty awesome moment to hear Jesus confess me, and therefore I confess him here on the earth. And that's what marks a believer. That's what the Holy Spirit stirs in us. Something in us as believers wants to stand up for Jesus Christ. And that's because the Holy Spirit of God is in us. And there are times when we don't stand up for him and everything in our spirit goes, that was wrong, you should have spoken up. 
And let me clarify some things that I've said over the last couple of weeks. Make sure you understand what I'm saying because I believe that God wants us going and doing some crazy things and just doing whatever he calls us to do. And that takes courage. Now, uh, that doesn't mean that we don't become educated and learn, um, understand we need to be educated in the word of God. But, but, but what I'm saying is that as we go out and are courageous and we go and we begin conversations with people, suddenly we find out things that we don't have the answers to. And it motivates us to study more, doesn't it? And then we study more. But the problem is, is when we stop going out and sharing with people and go, well, I'm going to wait till I know everything. I'm going to wait till I feel confident and i confident in my knowledge. No, no, no. When you go out and you share your... I, I remember in high school just going out and just sharing with whoever I could. And there were many things I couldn't answer. And so that motivated me to find the answers to those things. Then I'd go out and share with more people and they give me more questions that I can't answer. Because the truth is, is new things come up all the time. New belief systems come up all the time. Every day there's a new religion. And so what are you going to do? Study every single religion every single day till you have every single answer and then you'll go out and be confident? No, because tomorrow something else will come up and you'll spend your life just studying, studying, studying and never going out and, uh, and, and living by faith. So I'm saying go out and live by faith and as you do that, that'll motivate you to study more. There's also uh, this idea of me just saying, you know what, yeah, you got to go out and, and just go do whatever the Lord's laid on your heart. Now, that doesn't mean you don't listen to guidance and counsel, and I think that's what the leadership in the church is, and sometimes it's, you know, there are godly men and women who will come alongside of you and say, yeah, no, that's a great idea, but maybe you tweak it a little bit here, tweak it a little bit there. Um, you, you know, we got to listen to what other people say, but I'm just warning you that a lot of times people will try to talk you out of what God's calling you to do. Rather than giving you a little guidance, rather than turning you here or there, we don't like people that live by faith because it's very convicting to us. We don't like people when they're just, you ever just hang out with someone and feel guilty immediately? Because um, you go, man, that's the way I'm supposed to be living. And, uh, and we don't like that. And so we'll find people that uh, are maybe less courageous than us and hang out with them so we feel good about ourselves. Um, but sometimes, you know, you'll get this sense from God, like, I'm supposed to do this thing. And, and people will come and try to discourage you. And I'm just begging you, no, be courageous, be strong, courageous, do whatever God calls you to do. Say what God tells you to say. And uh, we all get scared. We do. But that's not the spirit that God's given us. And I hope that as we've been praying about this issue and we even had you come forward and we laid hands on you and prayed for your strength, your power, your courage. I hope you've felt it. I hope you've experienced it because I know I have. And I know that many of you have because I'm hearing these different reports from different people. Oh, man, you know, because of what you've been sharing out of the word of God and about the courage and power. I've been going out. I've been doing these things. I'm getting emails from all different places. Just people going, OK, I'm going for I'm going for. And then they just tell me these stories of amazing things that happen. And uh, on Thursday, I heard a story uh, from my wife, from someone in the church. So I called her up and I go, hey, is this true? I heard you did this. This is so cool. And she goes, yeah. And, uh, and I go, hey, do you mind just kind of sharing with everyone? And, and you think you can keep it to five minutes? And, uh, and she said yes to the first part. And then, uh, no, she said yes to the whole thing. And uh, so I'm going to have Kathleen come up because this is a, just a cool story. Uh, this is Kathleen. I, I got the mic from over there. Hopefully this one works. Kathleen Heron, you can clap for her. What day was this? This was Tuesday? 
This was Tuesday, yeah. Okay. Whoa. Okay, go ahead. No, that's good. Yeah, yeah. That's good. We need you to Tuesday. All right. You go on. Well, um, you know, it was about a year that the Lord was starting to uh, put on my heart. I kept driving by the palm readers. You know, there's a bunch of them in Simi. And I just kept thinking, it's like this sign on the outside of their building that says, I am perishing. Like, I mean, I just, there's certain people in Simi, like, oh, maybe they're saved. Maybe they're not. But from what I know from scripture, and just, I said, I, I just don't think there's any, any way they're saved. So it was like a year, so I responded really quickly to the Lord. A year. So, uh, so then, especially after Bible study, I would, oh, I'm studying Moses, and I'm like, oh, drive by. And then I heard your thing on courage, I'm like, that's it, I'm sick of it, I'm doing it. So then I'm thinking, what friend is wacky enough that's like always talking about revelation and times Julie Perez? So I called Julie, she's like, I'm in, all right. So I go on Monday, I, I just want to go and I said, Julie, I'm just going to check out the place kind of to see just the scene, when's it open and whatever. So I pull up on Monday and it's just like the spirit of creepiness. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I see like the hand, life, marriage, all this. What if she's here? If she's here, come forward. Amen, right? But anyway, so then the crystal balls on the window, just past, present, future. And I'm like, who knows that? But Jesus, right? So then just everything. And I'm looking through the window and I'm like, just Lord, do you really want me to do this? Because this is getting really weird. I'm like, just give me a sign or something. So I go up and I pan through and I'm just looking at this like old entertainment center. I look all the way and to the right on the wall is a print that I owned that I literally went to England one time. My parents took us on some trip and I brought back this hand-painted custom picture that I custom framed and custom, it's on her wall. And I'm like, it's mine. Like I gave it away and see me to someone like a thrift store or something. My husband later called me a dork because she bought it from a private party for $500. Yeah, so, loser. So anyway, I look at it and I'm like, I, I look around, there's no one there. I'm like, are you kidding me, God? I'm like, all right, we're going, that's it. So I end up talking to the lady, there's a phone number, I talked to her a couple times. She's like, what? I told her I was bringing her lunch. And she's like, you want to have lunch with me? I'm very busy. What? what? Okay, she was just weirded out. So Julie and I show up the next day. And I walk in, and there's like five women all in different. I'm like, there's five of them. <laughs> you know, I'm starting to get all. So I'm like, oh, Lord, we're praying just like in our heads, looking all calm, but we're totally freaking out. So we just sit down, and we bring food and all this stuff. And, and um, she's, I said, who's that? This really funky, dark picture with like the black, like the ooh, over the crystal ball looking person. And they're like, oh, that's my cousin. She goes to our church. I'm all, church? She said, church. It's got to be some gypsy, funky like palm reading church. So we sit down and we're spreading out the CPK, right? I got the avocado egg rolls. I got the salads, right? I'm just going to do it up nice, right? And she goes, uh, I said, oh, so I heard you say church. What church do you go to? Cornerstone. <laughs> not my fault. <laughs> Wait till Francis hears about this one. <laughs> So Julie, out of the corner of my eye, we're like, a hot one tonight, baby. That's what I'm thinking, right? Cornerstone, palm reading. Okay, where do we go from here? <laughs> so we just start hearing. So then I think with the Lord's just revealing, okay, what is her perspective of Christianity? We got to get to that place. So we just do, a, it's a two-hour thing, but we do a lot of talking and sharing and a lot of listening. And really, it's a cultural thing. It's, it reminds me of Catholicism where it's really hard. It's like if you're Italian, Latina, the Catholicism, it's just... The idols, you, it's hard to break free from that because we were Catholic our whole half of our lives. And, and it's like the, they're saying we're gypsies, it's generational, it's all we know. And, and it provides some money for them. So I'm just getting compassion for this woman. She's got a three-year-old. and 
So she, the, the mom sounds like she's kind of trying to break three in the last few years, but the daughter's like, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. I'm going to woulda, coulda, shoulda, all that stuff. And so in, our, in the mind, the Lord keeps bringing up, you know, when Moses went up on the mountain and, he, and, and, and all the grumbling and the idol and creating the golden calf down, and then he comes down and, and ends up, you have to go to each side, and they wipe out 3,000 people. And then the pillar of salt thing with Lot, and then God says, don't turn back. She turns back, turns to a pillar. The Lord's just bringing to mind all these stories from Scripture that really talk about you can't have one foot in and one foot out that deep, you know. And because uh, she's saying she knows the truth, yet she's going to read palms and all this stuff, tarot cards. And it was really funny because they were talking about, we, we got rid of all our idols. We're not Catholic anymore. I'm like, oh, just palm reading and tarot cards. So... <laughs> So anyway, just to, to, to at the very end, um, there's a lot that went on, but at the very end, we just start saying, where it kind of seems like it's wrapping up, and I said, Sandra, I, can't, I, I truly do love you. I really have a love for you. And I said, I cannot leave without telling you that if you die tomorrow, you do not have guarantee of your salvation. And so she's like, well, thank you for telling me. Thank, so the conversation goes on a little bit. So the, Sonia, this one, another daughter walks in, and her mom goes, oh, she's the real deal. She doesn't do any of this stuff. So she goes, will you pray over her? Because I think she had, like, an illness or something. And I said, I'll pray over her. I said, but you two are the one in darkness. And I said, you need the prayer. I said, she's the safest one in this home. And she okay, pray over all of us. Do we need to stand? Are you a healer? She starts going. So we start praying, and the Holy Spirit, as he does, right, just knocks off this amazing prayer. Julie, me, the Lord, just all there. And by the end of the prayer, all these other people have, like, come out of the woodworks. There's, like, four other women. And they're, like, around the corner, peeking and stuff. It was just so awesome. So God just, and, and then the mom, I don't know what the Lord's going to do with it, and it, it, I don't have to know. But the mom's like, the bondage is broken. I'm, you know, I'm, the chains are gone. You know, I mean, so I don't know what really took place. The daughter, but the daughter, the one that wasn't too sure, we were kind of like, eh. She calls me an hour later and says, Kathleen, hey, Sandra, there's another way. You have to go there. She's in bondage. She's dark, black magic, worse than us, voodoo dolls. It's really bad. So I'm like, all right. I go, Julie, we just got our first referral, right? <laughs> So I go there the next couple days, two days later, after you called, right? I go there and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go check it out. And then Julie and I are going to go later. I took my son, which I regret doing that. And it was like dark night. It was just the one thing I'll tell you. I walk in and there's this huge, beautiful statue. It had to be this high of a gorgeous white robe like you'd see Christ wearing, but the Grim Reaper's in it. And he's got the sickle. I mean, we laugh about it, but it's horrifying. It's very sad. It's heartbreaking. And I said, what? I said, how can I not ask? I go, what's that? She goes, that's holy death. Holy death. Josh goes. So I go, what's holy death? She goes, holy death. I don't know what else to say. Holy death. Like, I'm supposed to know. Will the people pray to it? The holy death. And then you see spell breaking, uh, oil, and evil spray. And this is in Simi. This is in Simi Valley. So anyway, we had a really uh, neat conversation. One lady did not want anything to do with it. She was looking, looking at her watch, you know, like this type of thing. And the other gal was asking questions. And so I'm going to go back with Julie, or without Josh, and, and uh, I'll bring her a Bible. Because the truth is, is that, um, just to wrap up, is that I see that these people know, yeah, they've heard of Jesus, but they don't know the truth of what, 
who Jesus really is and what he's done and his miracles and his life and the Old Testament leading up to him. And just they don't know all that. And um, not that I do either, but I know a little bit that I can share with them. And uh, I don't have the opportunity to, to go to Africa and Papua New Guinea and stuff like that right now, but I can just sure. go and see me, you know, sure. and, and do what I can. Just and it's, and, it's, and it's not Julie. It's not us. It is the power of God. And I walk out of there, and I was, we were, like, ready to implode. You could see their windows, so we're trying to be all cash, like, hey, that's cool, yeah. So give her a hug, and I get in my car. I'm like, woo! Woo! <laughs> 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 so, so I call, who's the craziest friend in the church? I call Shaleen, so I don't have my husband think I'm freaking out. I call Shaleen, and I'm like, woo! She's like, we got to film this. Come on! So we're just freaking out, like, at what God's doing. So it was amazing. I highly recommend anyone... To go to one of them and see me and just love on them, man. Just bring them lunch. Just love on them or whoever the Lord calls you to. But it was really exhilarating, amazing, incredible. So it's, it's Thank awesome. you. Thank you. That's so cool. I, I don't know if that encourages you and you go, wow, that gives me courage. You know, like that's, I, I, I know after I heard that from Lisa, it just, again, see, this is what's supposed to happen when we gather together. Like so, so you're in a home, you're, you're with Bill and Kathleen and, uh, you know, and, and, and suddenly they tell you that story. What do you leave thinking? Well, they're crazy, you know, but then you, you leave going, man, I can do that. See, see, that's what, you know when we talked about that last week? Like, when we gather as believers, it ought to give us more courage. It ought to stir us up to love and good deeds. And I got to tell you, that's, that's what it did for me. Um, you know, so this, this morning, this morning, I'm uh, go to Starbucks because I just had to wake up, you know, because, uh, you know, 9 o'clock service, you know, but, but it's, it's way earlier. And I'm, you know, getting my coffee, and then I come in the, the, the parking lot here, and just I usually just pray over there and read my Bible, and decide to read through the book of Revelation this morning. So I read through the book of Revelation, you know, a little light reading. And, uh, and uh, I, I, I put the thing down, and I put the book down, and uh, it's one of those overwhelming feelings, like God was saying, you know, you know, when you were at Starbucks, you passed by that one biker guy, and why don't you drive back there? You need to go talk to him. I was like, Okay, great. You know, and uh, I'm not going to be a coward, not going to be a coward. So I just, you got to understand, I don't want to do that. I'd rather sit and study some more and learn more lessons I won't apply. You know, and so I, I, uh, so I, I drive over there and go back and I'm picturing, oh man, that was 45 minutes ago. He's going to have all his biker buddies there and Chinese guy in a v-neck walks up, you know, it's, I, in my mind, I'm thinking, I'm not dressed for this, you know, I need a leather jacket, because if I have a leather jacket, then they'll come to the Lord, right? You know, just dumb things like that. And so I drive up my little Subaru, hi, you know, and uh, I just think, uh, this is so dumb, but I'm not going to be a coward. And he's still there, unfortunately, and I, I walk up and... Just kind of, you know, just by the table by himself. And so I just walk right up to him. I go, good morning. Doesn't even look up at me, right? And so maybe he didn't hear me. I go, good morning. And uh, he's just drinking his coffee, looks up, puts his head right back down. Like, wow, this is great. It's going really well, Lord. And I just go, you know, this is so crazy. Um, but I, I was 
I, I saw you earlier this morning, drove away, started reading, praying, and I felt like God wanted me to come back here and just tell you that, that he loves you. And he goes, it's not crazy. He goes, I don't go there, but whatever. And just put his head back down, and I'm like, all right, I'll see you. And I just went on, you know, and I'm walking away just going, that was stupid, that was stupid, that was stupid. Get in my car, drive away. That was dumb, that was dumb. And then I go, you know what? But I always feel better just doing it, you, you know, and you just go, I don't know, maybe someone else, God's going to say, go talk to that guy 10 minutes later and tell him the same thing. And I don't know, you know, but what's the safer thing to do? You know, sit around and not do anything or just go and go, you know what? Maybe this is of God. What's it going to hurt to tell someone, hey, you know, is there anything I can do for you? Or, or maybe God's telling you to just say, look, I, I, don't, I don't know why, but I just thought I was supposed to come up and pray for you or, or tell you that God loves you or, or something. And I don't know. You know, it's just that whole mindset of what is, I, I don't want to be a coward. Nothing in my spirit. I never feel right when I back off, uh, everything inside of me is like, why, why didn't you do something? Why didn't you try something? Why didn't you at least say something? Um, this, this, this week, my, my daughter came up to me uh, one night. She was reading the Bible, and she's been into Revelation, so that kind of sparked me reading it this morning, too. And, but, but she came up to me, and she goes, okay, Dad, help me out this one. She's been asking all sorts of questions about what does this mean? What does this mean? What does this mean? So... And the other night she said, uh, she goes, Dad, there's that one part I don't get. It talks about, you know, this, this angel and he's got like a sickle, you know, and he's harvesting. And it says that he's harvesting grapes, but then these grapes are thrown into the wine press of God's wrath. What does that mean? I mean, why, if he's harvesting grapes, why is it, you know, and it's from Revelation 14. And it's Revelation 14, um, Starting at verse 16, well, let's let's go back to 15. It it, it says, uh, let's go back to 14. Why not? Um, Revelation 14, 14. Here's the passage. It says, then I looked, Revelation 14, 14. Then I looked and behold, a white cloud and seated on the cloud, one like a son of man with a golden crown on his head and a sharp sickle in his hand. And another angel came out of the temple calling with a loud voice to him who sat on the cloud, put in your sickle and reap for the hour to reap has come for the harvest of the earth is ripe. He who sat on the cloud swung his sickle across the earth and the earth was reaped. Then another angel came out of the temple in heaven and he too had a sharp sickle and another angel came out from the altar. The angel has authority over the fire and he called with a loud voice to the one who had the sharp sickle. Put in your sickle and gather the clusters from the vine of the earth for its grapes are ripe. So the angel swung his sickle across the earth and gathered the grape harvest of the earth and threw it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trodden outside the city and blood flowed from the winepress as high as a horse's bridle for 1600 stadia. So that's the question. She was confused. I don't get it. So this angel swung his sickle 
um, to gather the grapes of the earth. And then he throws them in the wine press of God's wrath. And then blood comes out and it's as high as, like, what is he talking about there? What is this vision that John's seeing? And, and I'm explaining it to her. And it's so hard to even get the words out of my mouth. To, to, to tell a, a little girl, well, here's what it means. This is talking about the harvest isn't about grapes. It's about people. And it's about, when it talks about God's wrath, it's talking about him swinging. This is the end, the harvest, with the separation. And it's about taking all of these people. I mean, that's the book of Revelation, is, is God's wrath is being poured out in the world. And it's such a gross picture of all these people in this wine press. Yeah, and I was explaining, you know how when you stomp on, on grapes, you know, that's the whole idea is, is this juice comes out, but now it's talking about human bodies and just this blood flowing. And, you know, we can get so into analyzing this and analyzing that and going to this passage and that passage. It's all good. But let's not forget the big picture. And let's not forget the book of Revelation and let's not forget what happens in the end. We can rejoice about, yeah, we're going to be with God forever. Those of us who conquer, you know, we're going to be with him forever. But there's also this ugh, awful, awful side of things. Um, and I know we don't like to think about it. I don't like to think about it. I try, it's not like I don't try, I, I don't know, maybe I try not to think about it because I just don't like it. I don't want to picture it. I don't want to think about it. I want to just keep pretending like that day's never going to come. The Revelation 14 isn't real. And it's like, man, why would you bring up that passage? Go to Philippians. That's what I'm preaching through. You know, it's, it's just, I don't want to think about it. And I don't know when the last time uh, you read through the book of Revelation and just read about the end. And, and it's just that ultimate of glory and joy and conquering and then that ultimate of just pain and, and despair. And it's like, oh, that's the way everything's going to end. And, and so why do I even think about anything else? What, what do I think about in the normal week? Do I even consider how this whole thing's going to end? Because when you read through the book of Revelation, you go, this is nuts. Why think about anything else? Having said that, let me share some thoughts with you this morning of what I believe God's leading me to do. And I don't mean just on a momentary basis like this morning, and I'm trying to just be open to the Spirit more and more, but this has been going on for a while, and I spoke to the elders about it, and they're all in agreement. Um, you know, in Matthew 4, when Jesus is calling the fishermen, he goes, you know what, verses 18 through 20, he goes, you know what, just, just leave your nets, leave everything else. I'm going to make you fishers of men. He says, you know, he's explaining, look, I got something bigger for you to do. I want you to go out and, and rather than just catching fish, I want you to catch people. That's what we're on the earth to do, right? Be fishers of men. We're supposed to go out and, and that's why we go wherever God calls us and just go, hey, we can't force anyone to love God. We can't force anyone to follow God. I can't come up here and, and force you. You know, I can just throw the bait out there and go, here it is. Here's who God is, and you either bite or you don't. Um, but I'm called to do that. 
is to tell you, look, I, I, you can, I, I'll tell you what happens in the book of Revelation. I'll tell you that the wrath of God is on those who, who think that they're going to get to heaven by all their good works and that, that think that they're such good people and they've never broken his commandment. I can tell you that stuff. I can tell you about a God who's existed for all of eternity past and for all of eternity future, that there's only one God and he's going to be there forever. And the world revolves around him, not you. And it's not about you. It's, it's, it's about him. And I can tell you those things, but you, you might not buy it. Uh, you might not bite. I can tell you, you know what? It's, it's a free gift. It doesn't matter what you've done in life, man. God, he, he'll forgive you of everything. Everything. Yes, everything. And I know you're going, man, you don't know the things that I've done. And I'm going, you don't know the things that I've done. Okay, and you don't know the things that have happened in this room. But for those of us who have believed in the forgiveness of Jesus Christ and the grace that comes through the cross... Man, it's something new. And I got to tell you about this Holy Spirit that comes into you. And he really empowers you to live the life that you want to. You know, it's, 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 it's that life that, that God says, look, here's the road. Here's my law. Here's the way I want you to live. And it's the right way to live. And we all have desires to go the other direction. But God puts this spirit of power, of courage, of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness into you. And, and, and he really does get rid of the anger, the, the rage, all that unforgiveness he, he makes you a new person but i can tell you all day long and and say you know so so turn from the way you're living and follow jesus but doesn't mean you're going to bite but nevertheless i'm supposed to be fishing and throw that out at you every week and whoever shows up in this room i'm casting it out there and what do you think because at the end of my life, I'm going to say, you know what, Jesus, I, I tried my best to speak up for you. I know there were times I was scared or whatever. Didn't say everything you wanted me to say, but here it is. So that's what I do. So as elders, we talk about this whole fishing thing. We're supposed to be fishers of men. We're supposed to be reaching people. And, you know, thinking through, okay, why didn't the Tirahata thing work out like we should have, and like it should have? And yet praying all along and, and all this stuff. And, and I thought, okay, if I'm trying to reach people, well, let's, let's go to fish, okay? Because maybe that's easier to understand. If you were going to go fishing, if you had to go fishing today and you had to catch a fish, where would you go? Store? That's a good one. <laughs> Which lake would you pick? Troutdale. Thank you. You would go to Troutdale, right? Because you go to Castake and you might catch something. And one of you saw Castake was just packed with people. But then there's Troutdale. I've never been to Troutdale because it just seems so lame. But because what Troutdale is it's basically like our baptismal here and they stock it with fish it's just a little pond and it's just stocked to the hilt you can throw a hook in you can throw a paper clip in you'll catch something but then you got to pay for the fish afterwards and they weigh it by the pound it's just a way where they just they just cram this thing with fish and you know so you can take your little kid there and they're going to catch something Right? You'd go to Troutdale. Why? Because there's just a ton of fish in this little pond versus this other one that where they're all over the place and you don't know where to find them. So now let's go to fishers of men. If you're really trying to reach people, tons of people, where will you go around here? L.A. County. Um, 
especially when you see a bunch of other fishermen in Simi Valley. And you see millions of people. Yeah, we go west and we'll, we'll reach, you know, we have the potential of reaching a couple hundred thousand people. You head east 10 minutes and you got the potential of reaching millions. And, and I was thinking, you know, and I know some of you guys are going to think I'm, I'm crazy for this, but as I pray and as I, I go, Lord, what, what have you made me to do on this earth? And who am I supposed to reach? And um, I believe I'm supposed to try to do more in L.A. County. And it doesn't mean I'm leaving here, but for the summer, I feel like I need to try something. Um, Here's the thing, too, and and I fly in and out of LAX every week. Um, And every time that plane lands or every time it takes off, especially at night, every time, man, I come in at night, and, you you, you know, you guys have almost all done it, and you just see lights, right? As far as the eye can see, you just see all these lights. And I'm just telling you, every time I land at LAX, it's been going on for a long time. I see all these lights, and in my mind, I'm just like, ah, it's overwhelming. Like, where do I start? It's like a giant trout dale, you know? And you're just like, look at all those people. And I'm just going, God, you know what? Forget it. I'm just one person. What am I going to do? I can't do anything. But I look at all these people and, and all those lights and... And lately, you know, I, I just really believe God's saying, you know what, I, I called you down on this earth to reach as many people as you can. Just throw the hook out there, as many people as you can. And, and when I look at L.A. County, I don't think to myself, like, like this last week, um, I, I was uh, on a plane and, and flying and, and uh, we were right over the Staples Center. And it was while the game was going on, you know, and I was on, the, I got, bought the internet uh, on the plane because I wanted to watch the game. And it's the one where they lost the stupid Lakers. And uh, <laughs> they came back last night. And, uh, but, uh, you know, I'm looking at the Staples Center because I'm thinking, man, that's got to be the craziest place on earth right now. 99 to 99, it's 37 seconds left. And then the pilot shuts off the internet at that point. I'm going, oh, couldn't you just slow down and not land yet? I mean, 37 seconds left. Missed the whole game, you know. And uh, But I'm looking at the Staples Center. I'm thinking, man, that's got to be nuts in there. And, but you look at the Staples Center, even from the plane, and it's tiny. And, and, and all these thoughts go to my head. Okay, if I'm going to reach LA, L.A. County, <laughs> what are you going to do, build a building? How, how big a building are you going to build? And this whole system of let's just, you know, grow to a certain point, then we have to build a bigger building. We've been in this room for like eight, ten years, I don't know. And even before we built it, I'm like, Lord, this doesn't make any sense. You know, we were running uh, 12 services at that point, you know, in that, that little room over there. And, and there were six in that room, six in the satellite room. I don't know if any of you guys were there. And sometimes I would lead worship in one and preach in the other. So I'd run and strap on my guitar here, you know, and run back and, you know, and, and preach in this one. And we would just go back and forth. And, and I remember just walking around going, Lord, this is nuts. Is, is this really the pattern you laid out in Scripture that wait till this building's built and, and within, you know, a couple of months, this one's filled up? And so for the last eight to ten years, we really couldn't grow, you know. You, you, you max out four services, and then what are you going to do? Just go five, six, seven? I, I can't teach that many times and still mean it. 
Um, it's, it's just, it's just crazy. And, and, and then meanwhile, there's millions of people over there and I'm going, okay, so what do I do? Build a, build like 20 staple centers so we can just facilitate all the people that might want to hear the good news. Or do we do it like they did in the Bible? Could it be that we're supposed to just raise up leaders, you know, disciple people, raise up leaders that, that maybe just walk around their block and say, Hey, why don't you guys come over to my house? And uh, let's, let's, let's do church. Let's be the church. Um, I, I know it's a crazy thought, but it, it's... Uh, here's the other part of it. And when I read the Bible cover to cover, and I think, okay, what is God's plan? And we've talked about this before. God in heaven, what he wants is he wants us as followers of his to put him on display, right? But we do that by the way we interact with one another. Like there's supposed to be so much love in this room, you know, and so much commitment to each other. Like, man, I'm crazy about you. I'll do whatever, whatever you need. Let me help you out. There's supposed to be a love one another, care for one another, because there's supposed to be a picture of how his people live and how it's different from the rest of the world. And we've talked about that, how, how God wants a, a people group and, and how um, he talks about in First uh, Peter 2, 8 and 9, or 2, 9, it says, you're a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Um, it talks about how we're supposed to be like a, a holy nation, a royal priesthood. It's, and he's ta- it's, it's going back to Israel. He wanted this nation, Israel, to live different like every other nation differently than every other nation like i want them to see that you guys care about my laws you, you interact with you know, the way you care for each other everything and all through the new testaments one another one another one another one another love one another serve one another bear with one another forgive one another pray for one another or stir one another up to love and good and there was supposed to be this unity this it, so that the world would see wow look at the way these people interact and so that's what we've been trying to do in the neighborhoods. It's like, you know what, as believers, we should be, we're on the same block. Let's, 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 let's just get together and care for one another's needs and whatever. Come over to my house. I'll come to your house. What's mine's yours. Just this love. And the neighbors look and go, man, that's weird. You guys just really care about each other. Yeah, that's, that's the way it is in heaven. And we want, you know, as it is in heaven for it to be done on earth. You know, and that's, that's God's kingdom. We don't care about this other stuff so much and this time on earth. We care about each other we're going to be together forever and it, and god's desire is that we put that on display uh like like first john 4 uh, 11 12 somewhere in there it, it says how how no one's ever seen god no one's ever seen him but if we love one another his love is, is somehow like made manifest in our midst like if we have if there's a gathering of believers there ought to be so much love for one another that people see it in, and experience god as they're around those people and so we've been trying to do that in these communities and the neighborhoods here, and it's getting there. And there are some communities that totally are catching on, and it's happening. And, and I, I just believe we're supposed to try that out in the valley um, with some of the neighborhoods that are it's already happening. Some of you guys come from the valley, and you're developing groups out there. And, and here's, here's, here's what I've got in my head. Here's what I'm thinking. 
starting in June on Sunday nights from 5 to 7. I'm going to be just working with people out in the valley. We're going to have a, a we're going to get get together Sunday nights just in June to just share the vision with those who live out in the you know outside of Simi Valley and and over there and, and we're meeting at that every we're going to we're going to borrow that church out there everyday church it's a Korean church it's on Balboa and I think Devonshire maybe yeah yeah it's it's where the old Circuit City and El Torito used to be they bought Circuit City and El Torito and turned it into a Korean church. It's kind of funny because their English-speaking section is in the El Torito building. And, um, but when you walk out the doors, and I love this, they still, they've had it for years, but they haven't painted over, like, the exit. And so it says, adios, amigos. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny to me. A bunch of Koreans in their English-speaking service walk out to adios. Uh, anyways, uh, that's, there's no point in sharing that. But, uh. So on Sunday nights, we're going to meet in that Adios Amigos building and, uh, and just kind of share the vision, share the dream with different people in the valley and go, here's what we'd love to see happen. And it's going to take tremendous faith. It's going to take a lot of people to step up and go, you know what, I'm going to give that a shot. Um, I'm going to just step out in faith and try it. How hard is it to just ask my neighbors, hey, you want to come over, you know, and and uh, we're going to have a meal together, hang out together, and watch a little DVD, you know, 20-minute, 25-minute message. Here's how it's going to work. Okay, so that happens on, in June. It's kind of this training thing. And then in July and August, twice a month on Wednesday nights, we're going to meet in someone's home or whatever. I don't know how it's going to work yet completely. But I'm going to just teach a lesson. And it's going to be, you know, podcast, videotaped, everything. I'm going to teach a lesson in someone's house and uh, with a little group of people there. It'll be like a 20, 25-minute message and the leaders, you know, primarily leaders. And then, and then uh, that, that'll be videotaped. And, and then afterwards, I'm just going to do Q&A with the, the leaders and whoever is there and, and go, okay, what about the passage didn't you understand? And all this is going to be recorded. And then, okay, how, how are we going to get people in our neighbor's, neighborhood to actually do this? And so I'll have some of the profs from the Bible college there. Some of the other pastors will be there. And we'll just work together. It'll probably be an hour and a half, two-hour meeting, but mainly training. And then on Sunday mornings, because I'm going to do that twice a week, twice a month, on Sunday mornings, people will take those 20, 25-minute messages. And they don't have to just show the DVD. They can teach it themselves. Now that I've taught them how to teach and everything else. Or if they don't feel gifted to teach, they'll just, they'll just play the DVD. And after lunch, hey, guys, you know, let's, let's, let's go watch the 20-minute message. And, and then they'll discuss and pray for each other and, and break bread together in the home and, and uh, invite other people over or whatever. And, and, and so twice a month they'll do that. Once a month we'll have a huge gathering. Once a month on Sunday mornings, hey, let's gather all of these communities together. And I don't know if we'll all fit in El Torito or, or whatever, you know, or, or maybe we'll rent a field. Maybe we'll go to a park, whatever. Once a month, we'll gather everyone to have a killer worship service and everything else and just celebrate what God's been doing, you know, throughout the other weeks. And then the fourth Sunday of every month, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's up to the group. You know, maybe the leader says, hey, this month, let's, let's go to Mexico together. Or this month, let's go more in the inner city. Or this month, let's go to Children's Hunger Fund and pack stuff. Or this month, you know, let's, let's just get together and have everyone share what God's doing in their lives. And share praises and share prayer requests and things we're, we're thankful for. And let's just kind of be. And, and, and the idea is not just that we do that on Sundays, but then throughout the week, as you know your neighbors, you live in community with them and you show the love of God to these neighborhoods. And now suddenly we're not bound by the size 
size of a building, how big this thing can get. But, you know, you're watching in your homes, and it's a, it's a DVD of, of me teaching in a home. And so if you're just in that environment, and um, it's so out there, I know, for some of you. But I've been thinking about it for a long time, and I've been praying about it for a long time. And, and I talked to the elders about, you know, this summer, that Matt Moore, you know Matt, who leads worship here sometimes, and it kind of works with outside Simi. Um, he and I are going to do this for the summer and just see what happens. Um, here, there's a, there's a lot of good teachers here. Uh, Josh Walker, who heads up our, our uh, Bible college, I just believe that God wants him to step up a little bit more here in the pulpit and, and share uh, more this summer along with the other guys. Um, and uh, I, and I know, you know, even for me, I, I'm so used to being here, um, you know, two or three, you know, weeks out of this, out of the month, and seeing your faces wherever else. I've been doing this for 15 years, um, so it's weird to take a break for the summer and go somewhere else and try this thing. Um, and I know it's hard for some of you that have come and we've built relationship, and you want to see me up here. But uh, I've been praying that 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 you would see this mission. And a couple things that you would, you would actually be glad that someone's going over there to the valley and trying some. Not that there aren't other good churches out there, but may, that maybe you'd be glad that as this has been stirring in my soul for so long that I'm finally doing it. You know, I went over a year before really, you know, just, just saying, you know what, I, I got to just try this. I got to give it some effort. And here's the other thing I'm hoping for is rather than coming up to me and telling me all these logical reasons why it'll never work, that, that maybe you just pray that it would. Um, I know that's crazy to ask of you, because you want to be logical and go, well, no one has ever done that in America, you know. <laughs> but let's, let's, let's just not rule out the Holy Spirit. Maybe he's leading, you know, you know what I mean? Like... Maybe he is leading me to do this. And, and maybe as this is podcast, it'll give courage to people all across America that maybe in their area don't have a church. And they go, you know what? Maybe God's calling me to lead my own church. And maybe we can guide them and disciple them because that happened to me. You know, it was just one of those crazy things. I was married for a couple of weeks and I thought, maybe I'm supposed to start my own church. Maybe I'm supposed to, you know, I think God's leading me to this. And I didn't know. I didn't know if it was going to happen. It was one of those, I just try it. And if it doesn't happen, I told my wife, I don't know if anyone's going to show up. And if not, I'll find another job or whatever. We'll, we'll figure it out. Let's just go for it. I mean, that's just the way I live my life. And, and there's, a, there's, a, there's a rush in that. Um, and, and so from the little things, maybe I'm supposed to talk to that guy. I'll just go and try to, you know, maybe I'm supposed to go out in the valley. This has been bugging me for a long time. And maybe we're supposed to do this church a little differently. I'm not saying everyone has to do it this way. It's just for me. And I, I just know that I'll be a lot more peace if at the end of the summer I go, you know what, it didn't work, nothing happened, and it was dumb. You know, or maybe we go, no, that was the Holy Spirit you were, you were hearing from, and some crazy things are happening out in the valley, and, uh, and maybe we need to duplicate that in Simi Valley. And I, I don't know, I don't know what the future holds, I can't tell you that, because I know there's going to be a ton of questions, yeah, you have a plan, I never have a plan. You, you, just, you just go and you go, man, it seems this way, and so I'm, I'm planning as best I can, I shouldn't say I never have a plan, I, here's what we're planning on doing, June, July, August, but 
within that plan, the Spirit may lead differently in the middle of the summer. Um, so that's where I'm at. I, I just think, you know what? You wouldn't expect it to work where 11 guys would get the message to the whole world. It just wouldn't expect that. And, and that's just the way I want to live my life, is doing things that are unexpected. And you go, you look back and you go, wow, that had to be the Spirit of God, because I couldn't have pulled that off. And in many ways, I feel that way about this church, where you go, you know, this wasn't, I, I feel that way about the book. You know, and what God's done through that. I feel that way about so many things in my life where I go, that, I couldn't have done that. I'm not smart enough to pull that off. That's just the Spirit of God. And so, as I've been talking about courage, it's, it's time for me to set the example in that. And um, for some of you today, maybe your step of courage is to walk around your block and pray for it and see who you run into and, and just start conversations with them and see where it leads and and just see what God wants you to do. Uh, maybe it's having a barbecue and just seeing who shows up. And I don't know, whatever, whatever it is. Just, just go and do it. Because even if it doesn't go the way you think it will, you have peace afterwards. And go, you know, I wasn't a coward though. I wasn't a coward. And I gave it my best shot. And I can stand before God in the end and go, this is what I thought. Um, and maybe some of you, your step is to get baptized right now. To say... And again, here I go, casting it out there. Jesus died on the cross for all of your sins. He really did. And you can be forgiven by him for whatever you've done. And he will put your, his spirit in you to accomplish whatever he wants you to accomplish. And maybe some crazy, crazy things. But you need to turn from that old life and say, I'm going to follow this Jesus and get baptized be filled with the Holy Spirit and live the rest of your life just going, Spirit of God, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? And I tell you, it's a scary thing, but there's no other way to live on this earth. And so if that's you, then as we, we worship, um, then come up to the prayer room and we'll have someone pray for you. But Jim's going to come up and, and lead us in, in some worship. And uh, as we sing again, what's God calling you to do? I can't tell you that. I cannot tell you that at all. All I can tell you is just go and do it.